Hi, everyone. A little note before we jump into this episode, across the nation and the world, there are so many important conversations happening about race and racism in the U.S., especially about blackness and anti-blackness. Our content isn't always explicitly so, but here at Connie and Kenny HQ, we are committed to uplifting our Black colleagues and community members, whether through our trainings, our Race and Real Estate Roundtable series, or our work with local realtor associations. If you want to chat more, send us an email to hello at connieandkenny.com. Now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Kenny Gong. And I'm Connie Chung. This is a show for budding real estate agents, whether you're new to the industry or seasoned and refining the fundamentals of your craft. And today we're so excited to introduce our guest and fellow colleague, Felicia Mares. Felicia was born and raised in the Bay Area and was recently awarded the National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30, No Easy Feat. She's an advocate not only for her clients, but an advocate for realtors serving on multiple boards on a local and national level. She also happens to be a social media maven. And what I love most about Felicia is how real and transparent she is from her successes to her deepest challenges. Fel is who she is and with so much passion and energy. So welcome, Felicia. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to chat with you. So we're just going to dive right in. We love origin stories and yours is such a great one. Before real estate, we know you've had some jobs that really toughened your skin. Tell us more and walk us through how you landed in real estate. Yeah, so I have had a few odd jobs here and there. Most of my jobs have been in childcare, although I did have a short stint where I worked at Walmart. I also worked at a Motel 6 as a housekeeper. You can imagine how hard and awkward that job is. Um, but most of my most of my experience comes from childcare and um, whether it be in daycares or summer camps or and then I spent 6 years as a nanny. So, I helped raise two beautiful little girls in Oakland and I'm still really close with the family there, but I did that for a while. Absolutely loved it. Loved every minute I spent with those kiddos. But then, you know, when they started going to school, I was like, okay, one day I want to be able to have my own kids. This is a really exhausting job. What else can I do besides this that's going to help me grow and just end up having even more financial success? And so I turned to real estate. That's amazing. And you know what's so funny is Connie and I are both nonprofit fundraisers before we were realtors. And certainly it was the case that we took everything that we learned from that time as nonprofit fundraisers and transferred it to our times as realtors. So take us a little bit through how being a nanny, doing the hard work of childcare, how that set you up to start in real estate and those skills that were transferred over. Well, I totally agree with you. I think that we do that with kind of anything in our lives. Anything that really impacts us, we take that with us throughout our lives. And I think it's important for us to take the time to reflect on those things. And when it comes to being a nanny, I really learned patience. And now I'm just kind of working with older kids, right? Like my clients are just <laughs> totally. grown up children and they need sort of the handholding and the guidance and the patience that a child requires. So I think those are some of the skills that I, I took with me. Also, I really got comfortable speaking candidly to children. 
they are learning the way the world works and the way that we talk to them kind of sets their mindset on how how things go. So I think I really got some good practice on being straightforward, but sensitive, which I think is really, really important with our clients. Yeah. Setting expectations, managing the process. It's all the same as kind of building discipline for kids and setting that structure. Right. You came out of the gate a blazing from your very first months in the industry. And I know that a lot of folks struggle to find their groundings in those first few months and maybe even for those first few years. So tell us about embodying that kind of confidence and that cool, calm aura in those initial months for you. Is that something that you've always been like or was there something that sort of triggered that transformation for you? Well, confidence is definitely in my personality. So I will say that I'm I'm a little bit gifted in that way that I've never struggled too much with that. But it is very hard getting into an industry where you have never heard of any of these terms before. My mom was one of the first in our family to ever purchase a home. And it really inspired me to get into the industry because she struggled a lot with the realtors that helped her buy her home. And so I figured that I could do a good job at this. And when I first got in, it was very overwhelming hearing all the lingo. And you try to sit in on other realtors' conversations so that you can kind of pick up what's going on. But it really feels like it's going over your head. And when I started realizing was, if me as a realtor is having a hard time understanding what these other realtors are explaining, imagine how hard it is for the client when we're talking about their finances and their their life goals. So I really made a promise to myself to do my best to break it down to my clients in a way that they'll be able to understand it. And hopefully one day I can help you know other realtors understand the process as well and make the industry a better place. But I think it's really, really important for realtors getting into the business to obviously find a mentor who they trust and who wants to help them, not for themselves or to, you know, abuse having a realtor to like help you with certain things, but to really train you and make sure that you're doing a good job for your clients. I was very fortunate to have mentors in the industry and I just followed them around and soaked up all of their awesomeness. And I remember sitting in team meetings at the office where everything just felt like it was going over my head, but I took so many notes throughout everything. And then after the meetings, I would just dive into it and put it into my own words so that I could actually understand what was going on. Something that you had mentioned, which I think is so, so, so important is for you being able to see that your mom purchased her home and was the first one to do so in her family. So tell me a little bit about how old were you at that point and what did you really see and how did that sort of transform and inform how you ultimately kind of thought about your place? Tell us a little bit more about that. So this was in 2008. So you can imagine what a scary time it was to be purchasing a home. And I was a senior in high school, super proud of my mom because she had always had a difficult Her and my father had a really difficult relationship. I feel like it held her back in a lot of ways. And this was really her gaining her independence, getting out on her own, and being able to accomplish something all by herself that they were never going to be able to do as a couple just because of the way that they were together. Um, So this was a really big defining moment in my mom's life. And I felt as though the realtors who were working with her did not see that or respect it. And there were times where she would literally like, want to cry because the realtors were like yelling at her or try to push her in a certain direction or weren't really listening to what she needed. 
And I just remember thinking like, this is just crazy. My mom is finally at that point where she can purchase a home. She's been saving for a really long time. She's done all these steps and now she's at the last final leg and she really just needs one person to hold her hand and guide her through this. And she's not receiving the attention she deserves. So I, it wasn't at that moment where I was like, I need to get into real estate, but it kind of, it planted the seed in my mind. And I also had already had that because my dad had always wanted to be a realtor, but because he had three daughters he was supporting and my mom, he was supporting financially, he could never make the jump into a commission-based field. So when I told him that I was getting into real estate, he was super happy and proud of me. And it was amazing that I was kind of fulfilling that dream that he always had and that I could see myself helping the same type of people as my mom, but doing it in such a, a loving, caring, and energetic way that I feel she didn't get. Thank you for sharing that, Felicia. And I can only imagine how you were thinking like, wow, all my mom needs is some empathy and someone to make this accessible to her. And I can totally see that planting the seed for for the realtor that you were about to be years later. So that's really cool to see um, how that experience has shaped your insights and approach to being a realtor. Yeah. And now whenever I speak to clients and it seems like maybe they're not understanding what I'm saying to them, I try to break it down in a way that my mom would understand it. So I think of her in the back of my mind as kind of my my guidance, my muse for being able to speak to my clients in a clear, constructive and helpful way. Totally. I see you embodying all of that. When did Fell putting the real in realtor Mahdi's the brand begin? And how has it evolved as you've been thriving in your career as a realtor? <laughs> so before I even got licensed, I started following a few realtors around while I was taking my real estate licensing courses. And for some reason, the real and realtor just popped into my mind. And I was like, that's what I need to focus on. I need to focus on being authentic, true to myself. I've never gone wrong when I was just being myself. And I feel like we could never feel guilty about being ourselves. So it's kind of the way that I work in this industry without feeling like I'm being a sleazy, salesy realtor. Because I, I just really, really wanted to steer clear of that. Realtors get a bad rep sometimes. And that has never been something that I wanted to have on my back. So I made it my goal when I first, even before I even got licensed, to stay true to myself and be authentic throughout the entire process. And that's really how once I did get licensed, I kind of just took off. And then how has it, from that point, now that it's been a few years, how has that evolved in your mind? So I will have been a realtor for three years this June. So for any newer realtors out there listening to this, you can do it. And <laughs> because I'm I'm still new and I love the fact that I'm I'm still new and I'm fresh and I'm I still have my wheels turning and I haven't gotten um, stuck in my ways or anything like that yet. And I think it's really, really important for us to stay very nimble and to always be kind of adjusting ourselves to the market and to who our clients are, but also staying true to your values and who you really are. I don't think that anything has changed between when I first started in this industry and today, which I'm really proud of, except for obviously I've gotten a lot smarter and I understand the industry a lot better. And you know what I love so much about your brand is that it is so you and you're vulnerable and you're hilarious and 
And you're also a self-described oversharer, which I think is so powerful and something really, really amazing to lean into. And it really seems seamless for you. But I know a lot of folks have a hard time translating their authentic life into an authentic brand. So even though it's seamless to you, can you talk a little bit about what that translation is like for you? I mean, it's really weird sharing your life, right? We struggle with that as humans to share our lives with other people, especially when it's on social media and you don't know who's going to be looking at that, what your audience is going to be thinking about you. So I totally understand the fear behind it. It starts with really, really small baby steps. If you're trying to get better on video and start sharing your day-to-day life, start recording without you being in it and eventually work your way up to flipping that camera around and being present with your with your audience and with your friends online. I love that Connie called me a social media maven. Okay. <laughs> I have never heard that before, but I love it. Um, so, true. so with everything in our lives, it just takes practice and it takes making small goals that you can actually achieve that feel attainable to you. And I will say like, Social media has done so, so much for me, but I never push it on people because I know it's not for everyone. And if you're not going to show up and be yourself and be vulnerable and be authentic, then it's probably just not the space for you. And there are other areas you can focus your business on. Not every single person has to be on social media if they truly, truly hate it. But anybody out there who's even slightly interested in social media, please just try it. You can make so many friends and so many connections. And it's really, it really can be a beautiful space. And if you feel some negative energy coming from the people that you follow on social media, just don't follow those people anymore. Mm-hmm. You can really cater social media to serve you and what you need in your life. Ooh, can you share what are three things an agent can do right now? Someone who may be new to Instagram, what are three things that they can do to up their branding game? Sure. Well, I would say definitely adjusting your bio so that it's very specific as to who you are, what you do, who you serve, where you live, and making sure you have some calls to action there, whether it be a a link to your latest YouTube video or a link to your website or to your free app or to your newsletter, whatever it is, making sure that bio is really clear. I can't even tell you how many realtors profiles I've been on where it doesn't even say where they live or where they work. So it would be very hard for me to send them a referral in their market if I literally don't even know what markets they serve. So I think it's really important to stay focused on who your clients are and making sure that it's very clear in your bio. And I'd be happy to give anybody advice if they want to reach out to me. I'd be happy to give them advice on their bio and take a look at it and just tell them what my first impressions are. Because really the front page, when you look at your profile, that is to capture new people, new followers, new friends, possibly new clients. And you really want to cater to them. Number two, I would say get comfortable on stories. It's really easy to do so because it's only around for 24 hours. So if you make a fool of yourself, if you hate the content you put out, it's only going to be there for 24 hours. Nobody's going to remember it a week from now. And you can really practice and hone in on the way that you want to speak to your audience and the type of content you want to be posting without putting it on your feed. Number three, make sure you are building a community on there and that you're actually responding to everybody who reaches out to you in a timely manner, whether you need to time block it 
or put it on your calendar to remember to check all of your notifications. It's really, really important that when people are reaching out to you, commenting on your pictures, that you are responding to them and building that connection and then taking it kind of off screen too. Maybe get their phone number and start texting instead of DMing or set up a video call with them so you can get to know them a little bit better. I think it's important for us to rely on social media to start those connections, but we also need to take it off screen and build those connections in person and just make them a little bit deeper. So that would be my my top three things that people could start doing now. Those are so great. They're so tactical too. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is so practical and very straightforward. And what I love also is in that number three, it's what you're connecting is that you're Branding is all about relationships at the end of the day with your clients and with your colleagues. And so I think that this is such an important point that branding, especially for realtors, is about relationships and engagement. So tell us a little bit more about what that engagement and relationship cultivation looks like for you. You mentioned, you know, it's it starts with the DM, then it goes into a text and and then you actually have a real life relationship. Just tell us a little bit more about what that engagement can also look like for you. Yeah, I've actually been able to meet people in person through Instagram and it's always funny because I'm an oversharer, right? So I share about a lot of things in my life, not specifically real estate related. And so when I meet people in person who we've been connected online, they know a lot more about me than I realize. <laughs> and sometimes they'll comment on certain things that I've said. And I'm like, whoa, how did this person know that? Because I totally forget that I shared it on Instagram, right? So it is a it is a really, really awesome way to get in the minds of the people who are following you so that they could really get to know you so they feel comfortable with you. And when people feel comfortable with you, they want to help you grow your business, whether they want to be your client or they want to introduce you to somebody who they think could help you grow your your business. I haven't focused too strongly on like the stereotypical way of branding with like you have to use certain colors and certain fonts and all of that stuff. I love my brokerage's marketing and I and I definitely follow their lead on on that kind of stylized branding. But to me, branding goes so much deeper than that. And it's really about the way that you communicate with people, the way you present yourself, and just your general overall sense of being, if that makes sense. So I I don't try to think too hard on like, okay, I have to pump out this type of content if I want to reach this type of person. I just truly believe that the clients that are meant for me are out there and that we will find each other because we're supposed to be together. And so much of your branding is personal and you, and I love that people know that how much you love French fries. And so they'll mention you when they're (laughs) out eating fries or think, or see something funny related to fries. And I, I can only imagine how excited and how much that energizes you. I'd love to hear what else is sparked in you when you're in strong relationship with other folks, especially when you're engaging with them through social media. Well, the whole French fry thing is hilarious because it's it's literally just my favorite food. And I started sharing a lot about how how I love French fries. And whenever I eat them, I start posting them and I've been able to like give them ratings and different things like that. And so I love when people tag me in that kind of stuff because it just shows that they're paying attention and that it works. 
So you don't even have to have anything that interesting about yourself. Like, is that really that interesting that my favorite food is French fries? No, we all have a favorite food. So anybody, anybody can do this with literally anything that you enjoy doing. I am big on picking up random hobbies. So I'm not amazing at anything, but I can kind of do everything. So I'm big on sharing that part of my life as well. I think it's important just to think about the things that you do on a daily basis and then to share it with people. Even if it's really boring and monotonous, other people will find it interesting because they are also probably doing boring and monotonous things. It's really just about building that connection and that relationship between you and other people so that they see you as a real person. If all of your content that you're putting out is just very... If it's too well thought of and it could, they can tell that you created this sort of like social media calendar where you're just using stock images and the perfect real estate photo and all of that, people won't feel as connected to you as a person. They might think that you're knowledgeable. They might think that you're good at branding, but they might not know who you are as a person. And it's going to be a little bit harder to gain that trust when you do finally take the relationship off of social media and into the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what I also find so interesting and endlessly fascinating about branding specifically for realtors because at the end of the day a branding strategy is not strategy as much as presenting who you really are so people get a sense of that which i think is actually quite different than a lot of other branding endeavors for other industries and other businesses for us it is like they're just personal brands that's it Right, right. They are they are hiring us for who we are as people and the way that we conduct our business. And they need to be able to see that on all fronts. And for anybody out there who is like, hmm, what does my brand even look like? Am I even good at this branding thing? Am I a mess? Does anything match? They should definitely reach out to you guys so you they can have a brand audit. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. And I think this is why this is why I love having a conversation with you because you are translating authenticity and so many people actually come up to us and they're like oh my god okay yes i get it let's be authentic but how do i be authentic (laughs) (laughs) and um you know and i think that that can be a real challenge and i love the way that you're so just you and you've been able to again really translate that to just expressing that on social media there is something about really knowing yourself and feeling comfortable enough with yourself and trusting yourself and your personality to be able to share it with other people. Okay, let's shift to another huge part of your work. You are now serving on our industry's boards, multiple boards at the city level, in Oakland and Berkeley, at the state level, and at the national level. So I'm curious to know what inspires you to get involved like this beyond just selling real estate in your market? I absolutely love it. People ask me all the time, why do you spend so much time giving back to the real estate industry? And it's honestly, truly because I really love this industry and I love the connections I've been able to make with other people who also serve. When I first got into the business, my mentor told me, you're going to be 30 under 30. You're going to join the Young Professionals Network and you're going to get involved in leadership and you're going to give back to the industry that's going to basically serve your clients, your family, your finances, like literally this industry is going to give me life, right? So I feel like it is my duty to give back to it, especially when I have the capacity and the energy and the personality to do so. 
So I've been able to meet awesome realtors all over the country. And really a lot of the business practices that I have in play right now have come from sitting in those rooms and meeting those people and networking with other realtors. It takes a while to start getting business and referrals from it. But you, the, the energy and the knowledge that you gain from being around these leaders is really a huge benefit to me. And I just absolutely love all of the networks and communities that I've been able to build through serving. You're such a breath of fresh air, Felicia. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love seeing you, a smart, savvy, confident young woman of color, making waves and decisions for our industry and our colleagues at every level, from city, state, to national. What does it mean for you to be at those tables? Oh my goodness, it is so, so important. Oh my gosh. So traditionally, you have, you know, older white males in these rooms making the decisions about the industry that is going to affect every realtor in our in our industry and all of their clients, right? So I think it's very important and NAR and CAR are in agreement with this. They've done so much work to try to get more diversity in these rooms that now there is a diversity committee nationally that I serve on, which is awesome. It's encouraging people to move up higher in our industry and which only allows clients to feel a lot more comfortable, right? So if we have a disadvantaged group of people, they will move up higher in their lives if they see other people doing so. So as we see people of color moving up in the industry and becoming top producers and leaders in our industry, their clients tend to also be people of color sometimes. So it's just bringing up the entire group as a whole, which is super, super important. And the National Association of Realtors recognizes that and is doing their best to try to bring those leaders up in the association. I just want to shout that out and call attention to that wonderful piece of incredible insight that Felicia just gave us, which is that diversifying homeownership in the U.S. means diversifying the realtor industry, period, period. And I think that that is such an important, important thing for us to think about, especially when we're thinking about how do we create equity? How do we create equity in this country that looks like people who live in this country representing all aspects of the economic scale in this country as well. And I think in order to do that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we talk about wealth building in this country. And if we're like quite frank, real estate is a huge generator of that wealth. It was a huge generator for my family. It's literally the mechanism upon which my family broke their cycle of poverty was through real estate, the sale of real estate, and the ownership of real estate. And this is so crucial because this is this is the U.S. right here. And if we want to talk about what it looks like to build a better country and build stronger communities, like this is the conversations that we need to have. These are the conversations we need to have. I love that. Exactly. What we're talking about is long-term generational health. And a lot of that does start within real estate. And I think that you can speak from a personal experience of it, as can I. I mean, my mom purchasing her house and being the first in her family to do so, she's going to be able to use that for her retirement, right? And that's never been done before in our family. And it planted the seed in my mind. And I'm going to go move forward and be able to buy property and to be able to create wealth for my children and to be able to teach them how to do that. 
And that's just one family. And if we can get into leadership, if we can become realtors and encourage others to do the same, that's bringing up multiple families. And each one of them is going to affect not only their children, but the people around them and in their communities. So no pressure, Felicia, but you were representing us at those tables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'll try my best. <laughs> if anybody out there wants to join, I'm happy to sit down with them. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I love is that um, is that. I want no one other than you at those tables. You are exactly who I want at those tables. You and folks that look like you, folks that look like us, folks that are that are coming from communities of color to be at the table. And what I think is so important is that you may be one of the only ones, you may be even the first in a lot of, you know, so many of us as people of color are oftentimes the first blank. We are the first person to do X. And, and I think it's really incumbent upon us and our responsibility, and this is what I think you are living, is that you may be, we may be the first X at doing X, but we have to make sure that we're not the last. And how do we put steps in our life? How do we take steps in our life to ensure that we are not the last and that we are opening doors up for other people to step through them? I love that. That is so true. We have a saying amongst leadership, hashtag replace yourself. And what that means is once you get to a certain level of leadership, that's amazing. Thank you so much for serving. But make sure you're looking behind you and pulling somebody else up with you to replace yourself in that position to the person who deserves it the most and who's going to be able to represent people in a beautiful way. Oh, that just gave me chills. (laughs) That came from Cameron Platt, who is my broker and mentor. Mm, Love that. Thank you, Cameron, for that. That's so powerful. Well, we love talking about failures as much as we love talking about successes because they not only humanize us, but they show us our strengths. So Felicia, tell us about one of your favorite failures. And when we say favorite, we mean one that you've learned a pivotal lesson and came out stronger because of it. Girl, I do not have any failures. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Actually, uh, recently, recently I had one. And I am really like a cheap person. Like I really like discounts and sales and saving money. And so I like to do the same for my clients. And I try to do that in any way possible. But recently I felt really bad because I didn't do my due diligence and reach out to every single agent who might know about this property. And I think I we might have overspent on something a little bit. And it just really, really upset me. And I wanted to cry and I thought about it. And realized that there were other ways that I could be saving my clients money. And so we just renegotiated a little bit, worked in a different way to try to save money elsewhere. And I just had to let it go and realize that my clients were really, really happy with what ended up happening. And it, it was only me that was putting that pressure on myself and that was making myself feel bad about it. And now I know that in the future, I am going to literally call, email, text every single person who might be able to help me in a certain situation. I hear you on sometimes putting more of the pressure on yourself than there may be externally. Right, exactly. I think we all kind of struggle with that. I think it's a really big issue in our industry is just beating yourself up, feeling bad about things, not being able to get over it because there's so many high ups and downs and it's all over the place sometimes that a big part of our job is just managing emotions, not only for our clients, but for ourselves. Oh, yes. (laughs) Preach. 
Definitely. You know, it's interesting because we, you know, Connie and I, we talk so much in our work about empathy and how to build empathy for ourselves in terms of how to empathize with other people. But I think so much of it is also about how do we empathize with ourselves? How do we be gentle with ourselves and how do we allow ourselves to fail? How do we allow ourselves to fail and then get back up and come out stronger because of it? Yeah, we need to show ourselves a little bit of grace. Absolutely. Okay, Felicia, you were born and raised in the Bay Area, a first-generation college student, right? So you've talked about before your why being your people, the adorable kids in your family. These are the ones that you work for, helping your family build wealth, helping your communities build wealth, helping your family go to college. Tell us a little bit more about about that why for you. Sure. So I, I think you really hit it on the on the head when you said that people of color are usually, you know, the first X to do X. And yeah, I was the first in my family to go to college. That meant a lot to me and a lot to my parents. My grandmother came here from Mexico. She had 14 children. So we have a really, really big family. You can imagine all of my cousins and most of them have children. So I have a lot of, we call them nieces and nephews in my family. So anybody that's younger than us, we're all kind of responsible for taking care of them. I have two sisters who I'm super, super close with. They each have two children. So there's just a lot of people. And we've always been very close and we're all still here in the Bay Area, which means it's there's a lot of responsibility there to not only help them when they're down, but also to teach them how to do things. And my older sister, Alex, is like my best friend, but she's also kind of my little sister because I, <laughs> she always says I like help her do everything and that she, she couldn't be an adult without me. So th- there's that added pressure on there, but it's the good kind because I'm super close to my family. So I want to be able to help them do things and to figure things out. And for some, it's going to take a lot longer than others. But I think as long as we're sticking together and we're not leaving anybody behind, that we will be okay and our children will be in a better position than any of us were growing up. And my mom always says that she struggled a lot with her mom and they were super poor and just they had a really rough life. And she feels very happy that she was able to give us a a successful life. And for, you know, I was able to go to college and she did that. And that's what I want to do for my future children. I want to leave them in a better position than my mom left me. And I, and I want to teach them to do that for their children as well, so that it just continues down the family line. And that's really, really my big why I grew up being like, okay, this is fine, but there's more out there for me and there's more out there for my family. And so I have to be the one to go out and get it. You know, I think that there's a really interesting thing that we see in folks that are coming from working class families or folks that are experiencing a lot of pressure to kind of succeed. I mean, there's this thing about and it and I think it comes especially for folks of color and you know, folks of color that are coming from working class background. There's this fire. There's just like this, this immigrant hustle is what, you know, what me and a lot of my friends call it. <laughs> it's that fire and that, that spark that really propels people to do amazing things. And I think it has to do with that close proximity to struggle, that close proximity to hardship and that close proximity to poverty in many cases, that close proximity to trauma in, in, in other cases as well, that really 
sparks and really inspires people. Does that feel like it's it's resonant for you too? Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, I, I definitely have that fire within me. And I think that when you do go through something traumatic, you have two ways of thinking of it. You can say, you know, I've become this big mess because of the trauma that I went through. Or you can say, I've become this successful and this fiery because of the trauma that I went through. And for me, it's definitely the latter. I feel as though I have this drive to succeed, not because I went through anything traumatic per se, but just because of the close proximity to struggle and to knowing what that looks like for me and for my family. And there are, you know, others who are struggling with that mindset. And I'm, I feel very fortunate that it comes pretty naturally to me, but I know others really struggle to get that mindset going and to feel that fire to push forward and not to let it take you down and bring you to a negative space. There's no doubt you're having a major impact on your family, in your community, and for our industry as a whole. I want to know, Felicia, like, where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now? Well, I hope I can start a family of my own or, you know, continue to make my family even bigger because you can never have too many babies. Uh, So that would be awesome. I also see myself investing in properties in California, but also out of California and like in other places in the country. I do see myself continuing on my leadership journey within the associations and hopefully becoming president one day of our local association. That would be pretty badass. (laughs) that would be that would be badass so you guys might see that in the next five years but yeah I think that I'm kind of taking it year by year and I think everybody can agree that real estate kind of just flies by and I can't believe it's almost been three years already I feel like I just got here but I'm excited to continue to explore what it means for me and what it means for the future of my family oh we're so excited for you and we'll be rooting for you throughout your journey. <laughs> and casting you so our vote any way we can, no matter, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> our podcast is called the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. What does it mean to you to be a thoughtful realtor? I think it means to look out for others as well as yourself. You have to be thoughtful about your clients' needs and wants and be thoughtful about your place in this industry and how you want to run your business, but also be thoughtful about who you are as a person outside of real estate and how that affects your career. That's so good. Okay, Felicia, where can folks find you? Well, on Instagram, obviously, you guys can DM me, slide in them DMs. Yes. I am at, at felmodest, F-E-L dot M-A-R-E-S. Or you can find me on Facebook, of course, Felicia Modest. And yeah, I'm all over the place online. Well, thank you so, so, so much to Felicia Fel Marez for being here with us. You are a treat and a gem. And we can all learn so, so, so much from you, not only about social and branding and relationships, but especially about how to live and how to thrive, how to be an advocate for our communities and our families so thank you thank you so much for being here with us oh thanks connie and kenny you guys are the best you rock thanks felicia there you have it thank you so much for tuning in today for another episode of the thoughtful realtor if you haven't already please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review have a friend or colleague who might benefit from this episode please share because we're all about spreading the love 